You're listening to The BizCast on the C-Suite Network. Welcome to The BizCast. You work hard in your business and you want to know what it takes to get to the next level. The BizCast is where we interview best-selling business authors, thought leaders, and C-Suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Whether you're the leader of a Fortune 100 company or your company is just taking off, what you're about to hear will help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to welcome Scott Love to the show. Scott is the president of the Attorney Search Group and an expert in executive search and recruitment. He's a keynote speaker on the subjects of employee loyalty and executive leadership and a recruitment expert for GreatRecruiterTraining.com. He's with us today to talk about his book, Why They Follow, How to Lead with Positive Influence. Scott Love, welcome to the show. You say that to achieve superior results as a leader, you must first understand why people follow. What do you mean by that? And why do people follow? Well, I think the way I teach leadership, when I talk about it, instead of talking about actions that we take initially, let's look at what results we want to get. We want people to choose to follow. And I think within every employee, and you've probably seen this when you've managed people, they choose the level of response they're going to give us as boss. And I always say there's an invisible range, one to 10, 10 meaning they're going to put their heart and soul into it. One meaning they're just going to do the minimum. And there's a reason why they choose a 10. And if we can tap into that based on how we lead, then we can get better results, which is what everybody's looking for. And that's, that's why I even wrote the name of the book. Let's look at why they follow. So that's, that's pretty much my whole concept with that. So how do you nurture that? I know having worked in large organizations, the cubicles and the hallways, there are a lot of people afflicted with what I call, you know, I don't give a shit syndrome, yeah. if I can say that on the air. <laughs> but that's true. A lot of people are just sort of going through the motions. So what can we do as leaders to really encourage a more engaged workforce? Find out what motivates each person individually. Everybody's motivated by something. Some people are motivated by the clock going from 4.59 to 5 o'clock, and that's really about it. But there's something outside of that that motivates them. It's like my boy is 16 years old, hates school. I mean, puts things off, doesn't do it. But he's (laughs) actually started a profession as a model, as a a male model. And he'll wake up at 4 in the morning to be on time for a 5 5 a.m. photo shoot because that's what motivates him. Everybody's different. So a manager's job is to tap into that. And I think even take it to a further level is to look at telling them, this is where our organization is going. This is what I need from you. And this is why it's going to help you achieve what you really want. Sometimes it takes creativity. Sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper. You have to qualify people a little bit further. Uh, another example I, I share is when my little girl who's five Last year, she was a flower girl at a wedding, and she loved it. And when we took the photos, it was like, here she is standing in front and some other people behind her. You know, that's, that's the way she, she did that. Well, well, about three months later, there was another wedding. Her cousins, their dad was getting married, and she wanted to be a flower girl so bad. She couldn't because they were the flower girls. And we, we were in tears that morning, Kevin. So I had to tell her, I said, today, you're going to be a leaf girl. She's like, what's a leaf girl? I said, well, it's an outdoor fall wedding. At the end of the wedding, once we get all the flower baskets picked up, we're going to go around and we're going to pick up as many leaves as we can. You're the leaf girl. And she loved it. So I think it's the manager's job to find out what is it that motivates motivates someone intrinsically and tell them, I can help you achieve this 
by you doing this, and that has to be in alignment with the organization's goals. So how do you do that? I mean, it sounds like what you're talking about is really taking a more thoughtful approach to understanding who your employees are and what motivates them. So how do I do that? Is there a process? Do I do that during a job review or do I sit down with my, with my employees, maybe over coffee to simply do just that to sort of have a discovery about who they are? What's the best step for me to get that done? Yes, 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 and yes. All those are great ideas. It's all situational, but I think the, uh, the over, uh, the overarching concept is paying attention. As a manager, I have to remember that it's not about me. It's about the organization reaching its goals. And the only way we can do that is by aligning the action in the hearts and the minds with those goals. So as a leader, I have to take my eyes off myself and what I want to achieve. And I have to pay attention. And I think the best way when I was advising someone, they said, well, how can I become a better listener? I said, become a better question asker. It's by learning how to ask questions that give us data over what's truly important to someone. And then even asking questions where they give us the answers, they give us the solutions. If I tell an employee to do something, well, it's his boss telling him something. But if I ask him questions and they come up with the solution, well, they own it. It's theirs. And that's what builds the emotional equity. And I, I think, Kevin, that is what we're really looking to do, is to lead in a way that builds the emotional equity. We want our people to feel like they have a stake in this process. They have a stake in this company. Uh, I think at its core, leadership is truly invisible. At the end of the day, we want the employees to rise up and say, we did this ourselves. This is our company. We accomplished this together. The leader doesn't have to worry about getting the credit. So I think I think those are some action steps that a leader can take uh, just, in, just in terms of awareness, paying attention, asking good questions, focusing on being a better listener, and doing all the things that you mentioned, whether it's a formalized review or if it's just passing someone in the hallway and asking them, hey, is there anything I can do to help you make your job better? And, and just taking all that data and remembering that and, and remembering that each employee is so different. Everybody has their own personal agenda. When they come to work, they come to work for themselves, not for the boss. And it's the boss has to pay attention to that and remember that and and lead uh, situationally based on the individual's unique intrinsic motivations. So ask, don't tell, asking good questions. Do you have some examples of some good questions to ask if I'm trying to uncover what my employees are about and what motivates them? Yeah, I think I think one question is to ask them, what do you think we should do? This is one of the things that I learned as a junior naval officer. Here you are, you graduate from the Naval Academy, and you join the Navy as an officer and you go to a ship and every sailor hates two things. They hate officers and they hate the Navy. <laughs> so you got to <laughs> you, you gotta learn how to lead in a way that isn't too familiar, but it earns their respect. And, and it's an interesting, interesting dynamic, Kevin, a junior military officer, the, the relationship between the senior enlisted. These are these are guys that are 15 years older than them, sometimes 20 years older than them. And which which, you know, 42 is an old man in the military. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so here you are, you graduate as a second lieutenant or as an ensign, and you have to learn how to ask questions like, what do you think we should do, chief? Because you don't have the technical knowledge. And so you have to learn how to get that knowledge and then make decisions based on that. But I think that's one question. What do you think we should do? An employee has a problem. Boss, this is a problem. Well, I want you to give me three action steps you can take. What are three options? And it forces them to think. 
Now, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. When the missiles are flying in, that's not the time to have focus groups. But in most situations, we've got the time to take a few minutes and ask people, what do you think we should do? The second question is, so what? You know, so what? Well, this is this is a situation. Well, so what? Why is that important? And kind of going dig, deeper and deeper into that concept, what's the real relevance of that scenario? And then even asking them for help. Hey, I need you, know, I need you to help me on something. This is what I need you to do, and this is why that's important. I think taking care, it's not necessarily a question like you mentioned, but telling people why. This is why your work is significant. This is why this work matters. I think when you tell people, the word because is a powerful word that increases compliance. When you tell people why something is important, then they see the big picture. You talk about the quality of being followable. What does it mean to be followable? It's choosing to lead in a way where other people choose to increase that response ratio. And I think there are certain character qualities that we look at and we see in people. And when we see people that don't have those qualities on some sort of deep psychological level that I can't tell you why it works, people choose not to follow. Uh, Sometimes I'll do a, a program if I've got time for something interactive, I'll ask them, I'll say, talk about your worst boss experience as long as that person's not in the room. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'll ask them, how would you describe, what were the attributes of that? Now let's talk about someone that you would go to the end of the earth for. Tell me about the attributes of that person. And they're usually character issues. They're honest. That's usually the first one. They're honest. They're trustworthy. They follow through with what they say they're going to do. They have a genuine concern for other people. And it's interesting that, and and even technical expertise, they've got to understand technically what it is that they're doing. Those those things together cause someone to be followable. If we want people to give us a higher response ratio in terms of what they choose to give to us, we've got to lead in a way that causes them, you know, it, it causes them to choose to respond at that higher level. Our guest today is Scott Love, and we're talking about his book, Why They Follow, How to Lead with Positive Influence. You can get your copy at the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. It's time for a quick break, but stay with us, because when we return, I'm going to ask Scott, how can we lead with a positive influence, and what are some examples we can follow? So stick around. We'll be right back. Over 3.2 million new book titles are published every year. What are you doing to help your book rise to the top? Submit your book to become part of the C-Suite Book Club, the premier source of leading business books for C-Suite leaders, executives, and celebrities. Visit csuitebookclub.com slash author to submit your book today. That's c-suitebookclub.com slash author. You're listening to The BizCast with Kevin Crane on C-Suite Radio. Welcome back. We're with Scott Love, and we're talking about his book, Why They Follow, How to Lead with Positive Influence. And Scott, how can I lead with positive influence? It's focusing on the goal and aligning the intrinsic motivations of other people to achieve that goal. It's interesting where so many times managers, they get focused on the goal, but they forget that we've got people that can walk away. They can walk away and join some other company. This is something I've learned as a high-stakes headhunter for over 20 years, where I've had literally, Kevin, tens of thousands of conversations with professionals trying to recruit them. And I noticed that some people will turn down better opportunities that are closer to their house, that will pay more, 
just because of that loyalty to the boss, one level up. That's all it takes for companies to keep their people and keep them happy and keep them forever. And so I think that uh, me as a manager, I've got to reach a goal, but I've got to harness the work of other people. And so sometimes managers, like I mentioned, they get so focused on mission accomplishment that they forget that they need to take care of their people. Now, this is something I learned at a young age at the Naval Academy. Every day we would hear, take care of your people. But we also had to focus on the mission. And one day I had a chance to interview for an article I was writing, General Walt Boomer. He was a retired four-star Marine general, retired CEO of Rogers Corporation up in Connecticut. And I remember asking him, I said, Walt, what's more important, taking care of your people or accomplishing the mission? And he said, that's a good question. Let me think about that. It was about 30 seconds. He had to really sit and think, what's the best way to answer this? And this is what he told me, Kevin. He said, taking care of your people. As long as you have the right people in place and you take care of them, they will accomplish the mission. That's how you lead with positive influence. Your book has a number of powerful examples of leaders overcoming real-world problems and challenges. Um, what's your favorite story from the book, and what can we learn from it? I think it's one of the first stories where I talk about visiting a relative. It was my son's great-grandfather who was passing away, and all of the family was there. And this is a hospice home in Phoenix. And, and after, after he passed, it was kind of emotional. I stepped outside just to get some fresh air, and the building next to ours was a Montessori school. And as soon as I stepped outside, the children ran out. It was their recess period, and they're yelling and screaming, and they're attacking the playground, and they're just really noisy. And my initial thought was, how disrespectful. How dare they? How dare those teachers don't keep those kids quiet? Don't they know that people are grieving over here? And I look around, and all the windows in the hospice home were open. All the guests that could move, they were outside on their patios watching and listening to the children laughing and playing. And then I realized, Kevin, it was either through uh, divine intervention or really bad zoning laws. <laughs> there, was a, there was a healing relationship. There was a symbiotic relationship between these two facilities, and they didn't even know it, didn't even plan for it. Montessori School, probably not even aware. And I think leaders, we need to be aware that that careless word, the rolling of the eyes, the gossip about another colleague in the company, those are observations that employees are tucking away and remembering. And when the time comes for them to give it their all, are they going to? Or do they remember, well, I can't trust you because I heard you talk about one of my colleagues in a disrespectful way. So I'm not going to respond very favorably when you ask for this request. And I think we always have to remember that leadership, it's, 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 the, it's, it's, a, it's an invisible uh, uh, concept that is apparent to everybody. It's it's something that is is so difficult to put into a model, yet we try, and it's very simple. Basically, people choose to follow you on a certain level based on their observations of what your character is really like. And I think that's a real important lesson that managers need to remember is that there's a symbiotic, synergistic relationship between us and our employees, and everything we do is being observed, and every observation is tucked away, and that determines how they respond. We're speaking with Scott Love, and we're talking about his book, Why They Follow, How to Lead with Positive Influence. You can get your copy at the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Scott, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question. What was the best piece of advice you ever received, and how has it shaped who you are? 
I think it was when I heard Shelby Foote. He was giving me an advice. He was the author of uh, over a million word tome on the Civil War. If you'd seen Ken Burns' Civil War documentary, he was the historical uh, consultant on that. I met him when I was a midshipman at the Naval Academy. He was on the Board of Governors. We had to escort him down to lunch, to, and I would do it to really eliminate my demerits because <laughs> I had a lot of demerits there. And I didn't even know who he was when I met him. So I, I remember he had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. And, and I asked him, I said, Mr. Foote, what advice would you give to an aspiring writer? And he said, two things, read and write. It was simple advice, but it was highly effective. And it's something that made a difference and stuck with me ever since. That's Scott Love. His book is Why They Follow. Get your copy at the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Scott, thanks a lot for being my guest today. Thank you, Kevin. It was great. I look forward to talking with you again. That'll do it for this episode of the BizCast. Join me next time when we continue to talk to business authors, thought leaders, and C-suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Don't forget to visit the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Great books by great business authors. Only the best at the C-Suite Book Club. And if you like what we do here at the BizCast, don't be shy. Give us a shout-out on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Meanwhile, until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Crane, for the C-Suite Network. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by the C-Suite Network, c-suitenetwork.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.